with Women Who Can, a podcast by, for, and about women entrepreneurs succeeding in the explosive cannabis industry. Here's your host, America's number one cannabis business coach, Coach Swan Simpson. All right, welcome to another, another episode of Women Who Can or Women Who Cannabis, the podcast. This is your host, yours truly, Chef and Coach Swan Simpson. And of course, you know, we don't play around here, so we just kind of get right to the point. We had a wonderful, by the time you hear this, a wonderful Women Who Cannabis Business Expo in Atlanta. It's our historic second annual, getting ready for the third annual next year in 2021. And we have one of our vendors who is also a top CBD brand in the country on today as our guest. And I am very excited about this particular guest. He is going to share, and I did say he, because Women Who Can is not just about women, it is also inclusive of our brothers in this journey and industry. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to King Adams. He is one of the co-founders of Relief, and I'm going to let you tell them all about your brand. King, can you hear me? I can hear you. What's up, Coach? All right. Uh, Tell everybody what Relief is all about. So Relief is is a web-based hemp and CBD company founded back in 2018. And um, our our mission and our vision is to bring access to those who need it, those who want it, CBD and hemp products that they can first enjoy and that they can trust. And so um, because that's what our focus is, uh, we are naturally a a company that focuses on the, the, the science of the plant okay. and, and educate, educating folks around the science of it. I come from a education and, and science outreach background. And so my, my brand kind of assumed that, that personality as well. So Relief is a company that offers products that you can enjoy and trust, as well as services. We've started, um, we've added services to our offering probably about 12 months ago. Okay. Now, what kind of services do you have? So when we got into the business back in 2018, the landscape in Georgia was very hush-hush. A lot of folks not wanting to share their information. And, and this is just me asking, you know, you know, can I see a farm? Can I tour a farm and, and touch the plant? Can I right. see a lab and see how this stuff is extracted? Right. And, 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 you know, a lot of doors were closed. A lot of emails went unanswered. And so at the time I had some, you know, I was a flight attendant and, and student pilot. So I had some flight benefits. And so I just toured the country trying to find out what we can find out. And um, one of the things we um, we found out was where relief was going to, you know, trying to figure out where we were going to make our mark. Got it. And so um, so we quickly realized that there was not 
a place for this information, a, a central place for this information. And so we created our own brand. And um, and that was, you know, that was sort of the, the, the beginning of really. OK, so there are so many CBD companies and brands on the market. Mm-hmm. So tell me what differentiates your brand from the rest. You mentioned the education piece. You mentioned the science. Now, mm-hmm. I know the science definitely is a differentiator because a lot mm-hmm. of people don't even delve into the science so tell me more about the science and tell okay. me in your own words, what makes you different? So Relief is a brand that was born, is, is steered by healthcare professionals. Um, at the time, um, I was a former uh, nursing student and uh, former CDC employee, Department of Health and Human Services. And the guy that I founded the brand with at the time was uh, was entering Morehouse School of Medicine residency. And so the brand from the beginning was founded by folks who, who didn't really have, who had entrepreneur spirit, but didn't have a, a catalog of successful businesses they had founded. And it was not really a money grab for us. It was more about this information isn't out here. How do we disseminate this information to the masses? And we thought we were the most, some of the most competent individuals to do that because of our backgrounds and our familiarity with, with science and chemistry and biology, et cetera. And so from that started products. But another thing that makes us unique is that we are not a multi-level marketing company. We are, you know, <laughs> we, 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 we are founded um, from the ground up. There was no infrastructure here. We created one from fulfillment to R&D and finding labs and sourcing from farms. And um, so we've really built it from the ground up. And so we, we really get to control the narrative. We really get to control what we give to, to our, our, our customers. Right. And the third thing that makes us unique is that, again, we offer those services. We do offer hemp infused culinary events. We do offer staffing solutions for folks who want to bud tin, who want to trim, who want to get out on the farm, who want more hands-on experience, particularly out West. Um, but we do have access to those resources. Okay. And, um, and we also offer, um, now that we've sort of amassed this knowledge, we're, we're now starting to get in uh, cannabis consulting and, and helping folks get into, um, helping folks make money, um, at, you know, in this industry. Okay. So you mentioned you're not a network marketing company. Now we know, and, and I'm okay with calling names. I'll say the names. You don't have to. Uh, HempWorks okay. uh, is a big, they're a big brand when it comes to network marketing and CBD. So when you say you're not a network marketing company, what made you mention that? Because HempWorks has a huge feet on the street physical, independent presence of sales reps all over the country, maybe even right. outside of the country. Right. So I, I, I mentioned that because. And I chose my words carefully. By yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. Um, I mentioned that because a lot of folks, the word I'm going to use is incredulous. A lot of folks are, are not really believing that when we go out and we introduce ourselves in 
they go, oh, okay, so uh, so who started the company? And <laughs> I, I would have already introduced myself as the founder or CEO, or whatever. And um, and and it, it for the last year and a half, it just seems like everyone was looking like everyone would make comments or some people, I won't say everyone, but, but some people will make comments to let me know that they didn't quite understand that, <laughs> that the buck stopped with me. And yeah, um, a person of color, a, per- <laughs> a black man, you own this company, Negro, really? <laughs> and so, um, and so we, we, we thought it best, you know, to, when we when we when we got into the marketing and now that we're you know we're starting to do interviews and we're starting to get face to face with with our our um with our audiences that we make sure that you know for you know the the same reason you know lawyers and doctors and the president the former 44th president of the United States you know if no one believed that they could be the president or no one believed that they could be that doctor or that attorney until they saw one, they touched one and one mentored them and showed them this is, you know, this is possible too. So sort of with, with an, with a, um, a innocent and, and inspiring spirit, we want, we want to make sure that that message is, is heard and felt. Okay. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the limited amount of visibility that people of color are receiving as founders and truly owners in this industry, even on a small scale, we're present, but we don't get the visibility. We don't get the media. Why do you think that is? And do you think that there is room for opportunity for people of color in this industry? I think there's a ton of room for, for, uh, for people of color in this industry. I think in the more um, I travel and the more people I touch, I'm understanding that there are a lot of people of color in um, in tech and cybersecurity and places that I never I never even thought that they were um, numbered. Hmm. So there's room there to grow. There's room in the consulting space. There's room in the as physicians. Our, our CMO is is a, a person of color. So as far as Tell why, what a CMO is? A CMO is a chief medical officer. So our chief medical officer is um, is in charge of making sure that our standards, our compliance, our SOPs, that that everything that we do, any any testimonial that we put out, um, making sure that we we maintain compliance and that we are following whatever limited guidelines there are as far as oversight and regulation. Um, so our chief medical officer, Dr. Roderick Stewart, graduate, uh, 2020 graduate of Morehouse School of Medicine, um, was hired by us about two months ago. Um, as far as the why, um, I, I, I can only point to, I can only point to history and say that, you know, like, like this industry and other industries, you know, we're only 18% of the population. So that's one. The second is, again, a historical value says that, you know, our, our uphill battle is, is pretty much always going to be uphill. And, um, and, and I think once the education starts to grow around it, and once more people touch CEOs like you and I, then I, I think, the, I think the, the thought or the reality behind what could be We'll, we'll start to to blossom. 
So let's talk specifically about what's happening in Georgia, because that's going to touch both of us and a lot of our listeners uh, close to home. What's happening here that you feel is good? What's happening here that you feel needs to change or we could do better? I thought that the 2019 HOPE Act, I thought that was um, a step in the right direction. And that kind of came out of left field because I remember the governor running and, you know, he was running against Stacey Abrams and his campaign. I I don't remember them coming out and, and outwardly supporting him. And and a few months after he took office, there were these bills flying off of his desk that were in support of him. So um, so one can you know, one can only assume what those reasons were. But um, but I know that started to happen and and it was a surprise. But I thought it was a step in the right direction because the one that was the bill that was passed in 2015 basically said hemp is legal. You can buy it. You can sell it. But where you get it from, we don't know. We don't care less. Yes. And so that, that, that really left entrepreneurs like us in a very vague space. And it, and it really it really opened us up to a lot of liability um, because because there wasn't a lot of, you know, there were people who needed this this plan, who, who, who wanted it. But, you, you know, we, we kind of looked unprofessional when they came and said, where can I get it? And then we had to say, <laughs> I, I don't know. And so I think to the, the bill passed in 2019 was a step in the right direction. So um, I applaud the, the governor and, and, and his cabinet for for that. Indeed. Um, I'm, I'm only becoming familiar with the bill that was passed last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But from what I can tell, it it, it is. I, I feel like uh, when prohibition ended in the 20s and and, and Budweiser uh, um, and Anheuser-Busch and and all of those big companies came in and, and sort of swallowed up the market and monopolized the market. Right. From what I can tell that that bill has the potential to have that, that same effect. And so I'm, I'm not really, again, I'm, I'm familiarizing myself with it, but I, I would, as far as what we're doing right and what I would not like to see, I wouldn't, I would like to see the people who built this industry in Georgia, the Swan Simpsons, the King Adams, the, um, the Georgia hemp companies. I would like to see, those companies control the product and control, you know, have a, have a bigger stake than what they could potentially not have. Gotcha. Yeah. So regarding the things that you, more things that you believe could improve upon here, what about Mm -hmm. social equity? What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on social equity? Tell everybody what social equity is and then share your thoughts. Social equity is is us is 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 folks of color is underrepresented population saying we don't want anything for free. We don't want a handout. We just want to sit at a table as equally as the 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 the, the next CEO who is just as well capitalized, who is just as competent, who has the infrastructure, who has the means, who has the intellect to do what they need to do. We want the same access and the same privileges granted to those with those skills and features as as us. From from what I can tell, th- there is always going to be that conversation about more ac- more access to social equity. 
especially probably in the South, that I think that conversation is always going to be had. But I, I think it's something that does need to stay, remain visible on, on the circuit. I think it is something that is going to need to remain lobbying groups like um, like women who can um, minorities for mar- medical marijuana. Those groups need to exist so that social equity, because right. If, if, if we don't raise this as an issue, then, then, then it won't be an issue. Right. So sure. I think it's important for those lobbying groups and, and advocacy groups like myself, who are just advocates by, by design, we are here. So we are advocates of, of what we're doing. Um, it's important for us to, to make sure that we make social equity. We make noise about it. I'll say that. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you take the diplomatic approach, which I can respect. You know, me, I just outright say what it is. I, um, I, I think we've done a horrible job here in Georgia and we have to do better. And there are very few groups who truly advocate for people of color in this industry and certainly no group that's truly built as a lobby other than women who can. And that's because we want a stake in this industry and we want a stake right now. We don't want one later. We don't want one after the fact. We don't want anybody to give us anything. Uh, We have earned it. Right. We've earned it. We've worked very hard. We're building companies. We're building legitimate businesses and enterprises and we've earned the right. So don't find ways to keep us out of this industry. Don't build problems. Don't create problems. Don't pass laws and bills that are exclusive. Pass things that are inclusive and invite us to events and conversations because we're not even invited to conversations. Mm. So we are here, we're present, we have clients, we are certainly making impact in Georgia and we don't even get involved in the conversations because we don't get invited to the conversations or the discussions or the meetings. That's because it's intentional that we're not included in those conversations. And that alone is not good. It's not good and only we can do something about that. If people don't invite us to have the conversations, then we have to invite each other to a conversation. And then we have to decide that we're going to stand together and work to be heard as a collective because we're going to either we're going to either fall as a collective or we're going to rise as a collective. And if we don't realize that by now, then that is just sad. So your company I love the fact that you have a chief medical officer on staff. That means that you're certainly targeting a clientele who have conditions and who have a a medicinal need for your product. Do you have products that have both THC and zero THC or tell us a little bit more about your products specifically? So we have 14 SKUs and we, we retail everything from um, tea to soft gels to oils, topicals, chewables, 
and uh, menstrual relief capsules, as well as I feel like I'm missing one. Yeah, I think that's all of them. So we we believe in the entourage effect. We believe in a full spectrum product. Um, but explain the entourage effect. So so the entourage effect uh, essentially means that um, the two the two cannabinoid the two uh, cannabinoids that get the most. Um, that are, are are more commercialized and get the the most hype are CBD and THC, right. and when those two combine, work together synergistically, they can they can have an augmented effect and basically give you a, 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 an enhanced effect, an, an enhanced therapeutic effect. So you get maximum therapeutic benefit versus if you had one without the other, you would still get some benefit but that maximum benefit is sort of lost. So we believe in the entourage effect and we believe in full spectrum products. However, um, probably in the next four to eight weeks, we are going to have, because we, because we've grown educated, right. Our our clientele is, is sort of speaking our, our folks who need to pass without unequivocally who need to pass those, those screenings need a product that, allows them the confidence and and reduce liability to 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 have that so in the next few 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 weeks we are going to be um introducing i guess we just that's the we we haven't that's that's i just i just realized we said that for the first time outside of company wall so um <laughs> I, I i guess that might be an exclusive for you swan but hey, uh, i'll take the exclusive so so um in the next few weeks, we are going to be offering isolates and, and broad spectrum uh, products um, in our in our in our line. I think it's important that we have a balance of the two. I agree, and that is because there are people who who need to be able, as you mentioned, they need to be able to be free and clear of THC in their mm-hmm. body for professional reasons. And they need to pass drug screenings or they have a job or career that they just cannot have any of that in their system. And they, they don't deserve to not have their pain or their condition addressed. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. I like the balance. I love it. Is there anything else that you want women who can listeners to know about relief? Um, so we, we, we were started our, our first and, and, and two most important clients were women. So I, 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 I'm, I'm hesitant about telling this story because I'm, I'm careful about sort of, uh, marketing grief or demise or, um, but, but, I, but I tell this story because it's a true story. Okay. And it's it's a personal story and it's a story I think everyone can relate to. And I've been encouraged by my team to tell the story because it is something that everyone can relate to. But our first two clients were were women. One was a, a 16 year old girl whose mother came to us. She found out what we were, what we were doing. She she owned this, this vegan cafe in down here on the south side and. She was opening her shop. I was opening my shop. And she asked, you know, is, does that work for this? And I said, well, you, well, you know, I'm, 
I'm new to the space, but if if you would allow, you know, if you allow us to give your daughter small doses of the plant and, and we'll see where it goes. And it completely turned her daughter around. I mean, her daughter went from from headaches, from attending school two or three times a week to attending school every day um, to an, imp- an increase in appetite and mood and behavior. I mean, she the 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 level of gratefulness this mom mm-hmm. had was was completely overwhelming right because in, in 2018 it was more about information and not necessarily right. the products and making money right and so to see oh shit this is i i think we just helped somebody you know <laughs> and, a great and, uh, i tell you it's a great feeling and that was that was the first time we we the impact of what we were doing was felt okay and there were there was a there was a lot of highs and lows in between that and the story I'm about to tell now. Mm. And so I moved back from um, I moved from Detroit in January 2018. I was a student pilot and flight attendant. I was fired from that job in February 2018. Okay. And so I needed to pivot. I needed to do something that would if not put money in my pocket, give me some sort of motivation to open doors somewhere else. And at the same time, my godmother was diagnosed with um, stage one multiple myeloma, which is a type of uh, bone cancer right. that's common among folks of color mm-hmm. um, who are age 60 and above. And so it was, so I was in Detroit, she's in Carolina. So, you know, it, it was good that I was, I was here in Atlanta. So I took some time and moved to South Carolina for about three months um, she had a trans, uh, a bone marrow transplant down in Medical University of South Carolina. And at the time, you know, she was, she was one of the, the older folks who believed that, that Rifa was, um, was the devil. She believed that hmm. what I was doing while she was going to support me because she was my mother, she didn't believe in, you know, she wasn't sold on the effects of it or she wasn't sold on its utility. The only thing she knew that this was this recreational drug that the kids across the street who make all that damn noise, this is is what they, you know, that's what they do. Right. And so we start this transplant and I'm watching them inject her with this neon green fluid or whatever the color of the fluid was. I'm watching her lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds. Mm I'm watching her hair fall out. I'm watching her appetite go from a full Sunday meal to an apple or some applesauce or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm literally watching this person who has raised me wither away. And, mm-hmm. and, and it was a very devastating effect, but I also felt empowered. I also knew what we had done with this young lady. Right. And I knew the, you know, I knew the effects it was having on my knee. I've torn my ACL three times, rugby, football, all around athletes. So I knew what it did, had done for me and I knew what it had done for this young lady. And so I casually slipped some into mom's meal one day. Hmm. And um, and the first time I, I, I made my dose may have been too high. She did vomit. And that is one of the side effects of. Um, of too much right. cannabis or, or CBD. It can cause um, nausea, vomiting. And so I titrated down a little bit and I got the dose right. 
and she couldn't stop asking me about it. I mean, it was like, where's the cream? Did you send my, you know, I eventually moved back to Atlanta and she went back to Carolina and it was, did you put my cream in the mail? Did you put my oil in the mail? <laughs> and, um, wow. And so, so, so that's my, my message to, to women who can is that there, there is a very, very special place in this company for women. There's a, there's a, there's a certain level of deference and, um, and, and sort of onus to, to women, um, on a personal note, I, I think, you know, there, at one point there were a lot of women in my company and, um, and we would like to get back to that. Women bring this, this perspective and they bring this attitude and they bring this level of confidence to, to anything that they're a part of that, that is just invaluable and is intriguing, fascinating to watch them just wow. kill shit. And so, um, so there's, there's a high level of respect for women. And, you know, we're one of the few companies who offer a, a solution to menstrual, menstrual cramps specifically. Right. And so we make sure that whatever we do, while it addresses the, the population, it, it, it addresses specifically those things that target and, and can help women because, because we were founded, our success was literally founded in the success of women. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is, I tell you, that story gave me chills. Hmm. That's an amazing story. And it makes our work, the work we're doing, it makes, it makes for that satisfaction of knowing that yeah. you truly are making a real impact and a real difference on someone's life and they're living in gym. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's good stuff. Good work. Good yeah, work. Thank you. I salute you to that. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we must depart at this point. We have had nothing but a great conversation with relief founder, King Adams, co-founder King Adams and this is the end of this broadcast, but definitely not the end of the next episode. So we'll see you next week. Same time, same bad channel. Blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Women Who Can. Did you enjoy this episode as much as we did? Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and of course, share this podcast with others. Be sure to check out our website at www.womenwhocannabis.com. You can also follow Coach Swan on Instagram at CannabisCoachATL. And remember, life can't knock you down. You're in the tribe of women who can.